Amen. How many of you excited to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. How many of you had a great time during Excel Conference? Amen. It was truly a great conference, a powerful conference. We thank God for that conference that was just uplifting. Where you are, you know, we just take these conferences as events that come and go. And we never really take the opportunity to say thank you to the vessels of God that God has raised in times such as these, who God raised to put everything together. Mom and Dad, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Come on, church. Come on, celebrate our spiritual parents. Come on, celebrate, 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 celebrate grace, celebrate grace, celebrate. Mom, Dad, thank you very much. Thank you very much. We pray that even as you've selflessly, you know, endeavored to just put this conference together for your sons and daughters to be blessed, we just want to ask God to add more grace to you, add more wisdom to you, add more anointing to you, add more millions and billions to you. May God just do you good. Amen. You know, I, I, I just happen to be privileged to just be in the background and the behind the scenes with mom and dad as we put these things together. And it's not easy. It, it really is not easy. Putting such things together, it is far from easy. It is far from pleasurable. You lose a lot of hair, you lose a lot of money, you lose, you lose. But mom and dad just, just sacrificially do, do so without counting the cost. They just throw themselves into it. Mom and dad, thank you very much. We love you. We love you. We love you. We love you. And I also t do not take this honor very lightly to stand here and preach. It is not an honor I take lightly. Mom and Dad, thank you very much. Um, I'm not going to be long tonight. Indeed, I will not be long. It's not a faith confession. I know myself tonight. I will not be long. The youth normally celebrate when I say that because they're like, yeah, <laughs> Pastor KG is going to be long tonight. We're not going to be long. We're just going to pray so that we can go home and rest. After such a powerful conference, all we can do is just muse on what God has done. We can just, just meditate. You know, you know, I don't know how many people are chocolate lovers here. How many of us are chocolate lovers? We love chocolate, right? Um, this is a, an example I normally use to ex describe the, 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 the act of meditation. It's like taking in chocolate. I don't know, some of you, if you take chocolate and you chew it, you know there's a problem. But some of us, you know, those who really enjoy chocolate, you take it, you put it into your mouth and you just let it melt in your mouth. Enjoy the texture, enjoy the taste, you know, enjoy the flavor. That's what we should be doing right now with the conference. We should be taking it in, enjoying it, allowing it to get into us. We should let it come into us and, and just enjoy what it has done, you know. One thing of the, of, about this conference, or I've learned about Excel Conference specifically, is that Excel Conference is not just a conference for, for me, you know. I don't just take it as a conference anymore. I now take it as a contention. Because I've realized it is a conference that aligns the body of Christ and the church of God with matters concerning the kingdom. Positioning the kingdom for financial power. And the enemy, the enemy hates this. The enemy does not want the church to be in a place of financial power. And when the enemy has a problem with something, that's a place where you should actually now capitalize on. You should capitalize on it. Briefly, there were a group of guys who were gamers and game developers. They wanted to create something called virtual reality and AR, VR and AR, virtual reality and augmented reality. Something that gives you an experience of something that you're living even though you're not living there. So they came up with these goggles called the VR glasses. Some of you have seen them. They've been there for some years now. So they wanted to give you that real gaming experience to enjoy your gaming experience. They wanted to create these things. You put them there um, and then you put some sensors on your body. With these glasses, it feels like you're in this virtual world. And with some of these senses, senses, you feel what you're in. It's like you are 
driving a Formula One uh, 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 simulation and it feels every time the car crashes or it bumps, you feel that pain as though you are in that an actual NASCAR, uh, NASCAR race or Formula One race. So they wanted to do this thing and they found out that it would cost quite a lot. So they pitched this idea to many people. They pitched it. They tried to go there. They went to Microsoft. They went to Google because these are guys are in gaming and technology. They would buy into these, these ideas. They went to P PlayStation, to Sony, Nintendo. They went everywhere they could go and no one could fund what they were trying to bring into reality. And then came an industry called the Pong industry. And they said, because of this technology you want to introduce, whether it passes or fails, here's 500 million. These guys want to create something for a gaming experience, but the porn industry now funds this thing so that they can just create one concept. And after that fun funding, these guys now were able to create and bring these things into reality. The porn industry is the reason why we have virtual reality today. And today you'll hear a Christian saying, no, it is not, it's not worth having money. I mean, look at what the porn industry is doing. They are leveraging off a demonic, filthy habit. Putting six-year-olds, eight-year-olds, 15-year-olds into bondage. Making money from all these things. And you want to hear a Christian saying, no, we don't need money. Imagine if we had conferences of this scale, in a global scale. Money was not the limitation. We cannot talk against it. We are not sold out for money, we not, but we need it. We need it. Dad said during the conference that imagine an evangelist with a billion rand in his pocket. How many souls will he save? How many souls will he save? We can't glorify poverty anymore because poverty blesses no one. It does not. So it is such conferences that put us in, that bring us into a place of unlearning, relearning, and newly learning things that we have to in order for us to go forward. All these things are for kingdom advancement. The kingdom needs to advance. The kingdom needs to advance. Matthew 6.33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. One day while I was meditating on this scripture, God said to me, the reason why a lot of people quote the scripture and believe they believe in the scripture is because they're looking at the all things that follow them, but they do not look at the king of the kingdom. We claim that we're looking for the kingdom, but we don't actually have sight of the king of this kingdom. These things follow because they are attracted to the king. How about we now change the focus and get into the king? Sit with the king. The Lord said to the, to my, to the Lord, sit thou at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. The king of the kingdom is sitting there and we are seated with him at the right hand of the Father. And all these things get attracted to us as we are sitting with him. We need to come into a place where we become wise kingdom builders wise kingdom builders that's the title for tonight Matthew chapter 7 Matthew chapter 7 verse 24 to 27 and we'll go over to 1 Corinthians 9 to verse 11 the ESV it says everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Tonight's message is for everyone who will go on and not say the conference is over. The event may be over, but the words from those events are lingering over your destiny. They're waiting for you to pull them and so that you can live them. Everyone who hears these words of mine, everyone who hears, everyone who heard, and will put into practice these words that were released during Excel conference will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Let's go. I'll, I'll get back to it. When the rain fell and the floods came, the winds blew and beat on the house, but it did not fall because it was founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine 
and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Now, fascinating when you read the scripture is that there are two kinds of people. One who hears and he does, who hears the word and it does what it says. And one who hears and does not do. Both of them have one thing in common, is that they built. Another thing they have in common is that they heard. But what separates them is that one does and one doesn't do. The one who hears and does is likened to a wise builder who builds that when trouble comes, whatever he builds stays and is sustained. The other one hears but does not do. He still builds. It's not that he didn't build. So I then learned that whether for as long as you're existing, you're building something. But what matters most is the foundation of what you're building upon. We've entered into a season. This is the season of where men and, and, men and women are being raised into kingdom builders. Your effectiveness as a kingdom builder depends and strongly hangs on your obedience to every single thing that left this altar during the conference. That's what hangs on it. That the result, your result within a year will be determined on the strength of what you built from this conference. You hear and you build. Others heard and they built. The difference between the building and the hearing is the doing of what you heard. Others will go on and build, but not according to what they heard. According to intuition, you will see trouble coming. And the wise one who built according to what they heard, they will stick to the word. They will confess the word. They will quote the scriptures. They will declare the word. Every single thing they heard, they will build on it. Their financial business, their, their law firm, their, their salon, their bakery will be built according to everything they heard. While the other will say, you know what? I think I need partners while God is saying, I don't need you to be, I don't need you to have a partner in this season. I need you to be my partner in this season. Right now is not the time for you to be, look for a partner that God directs you to. Don't think, I see this one, he has what I think I want, and then you attach it. It's not what God is calling you to now. God is calling you to build according to what he's showing you. Not anything else. Not according to what something has worked according to someone else. That was good. That could have been good. And it might be good to build, but it is it good enough to build something that is sustainable? I've discovered that we are all building. I've discovered. Yes, we are all building. But are we building something sustainable is the question. Are we building something that will outlast us? Are we, are we building something that will outlive us? Or are we building something that has only relevance because we are on the scene? Should we leave? There's nothing. And I was meditating with a joke. I was looking at Apostle and I was like, oh, okay. Mother's driving an S-Class. Okay. And the other son is driving an S-Class, same car, but a Maybach. Okay. That means next year I should be driving S-Class Barabbas. Hey! <laughs> because sons, what? Build on the foundation of their fathers. That's, you see, a father builds and a son takes over. If a father builds and a son can't take over, that man was not wise. But we've been raised by a wise father. It might be an example that is small and carnal, but it speaks volumes in the spirit. And you see, dad is not threatened by his son driving a Maybach. I was waiting to hear dad say, you know, son, you know, you know, there's fathers who are bitter. I was waiting to hear, but not, nothing at all. At all, nothing. If one son can drive a Maybach and you have pain in your heart, I feel sorry for you. Because this should tell you that, Yazini, Barabbas, if I want it, it should come next year. 
Ah, come on. A wise man built something that will outlive him. That's what fathers do. That's what wise men do. You build something that will not... Oh, because you're there. If you're not there, it fails. Then you've, you've, you've built nothing. So Jesus says, a wise man is not seen because of how perfect their corners were. Because there's building. As you build, you start off with the foundation. You dig the hole. You start off with the foundation. You put pillars and you build whatever depending on what you're building and everything you build will be built according to an architectural plan or a blueprint architect will give you and you'll build according to that so Jesus is not saying it's not a determining about how perfect you build in accordance to that plan that matters it's not how perfect the finishings are how beautiful the lights are how well thought out a, B, C, and D were. It is you built according to what you heard. You built according to what you heard. This is where I'll even be brave to say. Don't even take the counsel of anyone who did not attend the conference. Not that I'm saying form enemies, but what is someone who did not hear what you heard? What would they advise you on? What will they advise you on? Am I saying reject people? No. But sometimes you need to share notes with people who are in the same class. A geography student does not, has no business sharing notes with someone who's in an accounting class. You're looking at maps and someone else is looking at balance sheets. What are you sharing notes on? They're looking at you. They might be numbers. You're looking at coordinates. They're looking at balance, at, 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 at totals. What, what are you sharing notes on? This is the time where you are intentional in making sure that you're working with people who heard what you heard. You are listening to the counsel of the wise. Why? Because nuggets were released. Words were released. Declarations were being made. Why? So that you can be built. And you are built so that you can go and build. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built. The foolish man. The foolish man is not the lazy man who sat on the, on the corner and, fold, and folded his arms while men were building. No. The foolish man was as busy as the wise man. Brick upon brick. They were all busy together at the same time. But this one is foolish. Why? Because he heard. He heard and did not do according to what they said they should do. So we need to walk out of here. Aren't you tired? Conference after conference. Same. Aren't you tired? Are you not? No, let's, let's just be real. No, let, let's be real. Let's sit down. Maybe let me sit, let's sit down. Let's be real. Are you not tired? Conference after conference. You can, you can, you, you, you have experiences from ownership 2015. The only difference between you and ownership 2015 is your age. Are you not tired? Something should now get us into a point of saying, nah, something must change. Something must change. Something must change. You've been hearing all the declarations. You've been hearing all the words. And someone who just came is hollow. Mafia is hollow already. One declaration, this person is a major. Why now you're still on the same level? Something must change. We're going to pray for conversion power in a bit. Because God told me one of the keys to conversion power is wisdom. See, we have all the revelations, but no manifestation. The connection to the revelation and the manifestation is wisdom. And manifestation is not, I'm done building, but it is what happens when trouble comes. What happens? Where do you go? What do you do? 
If the first thing that happens in your mind is, I need to run away when trouble comes, that proves that all you have is stories, no glory. All you have is revelation, no manifestation. Because we have too many people who have revelation on this, revelation on that. When are we seeing the manifestation of this mighty, powerful revelation? The word revelation comes from the Greek word apokalypto. It's not the creation of something new. It is the opening or the unveiling of something that's always been there. It is not opened for you to just sit there. It is open for you to engage and get something out of it. So most of us know what's new, but we cannot translate this new thing into something that is real and tangible. It's sad when we believers, walking around intimidating people. I was saved in 1997, and I had this powerful revelation. And the revelation till today, it's probably as stale as last week's bread. No freshness, nothing. These things need to translate into something tangible. We need to, by June, when June comes here, the, the results of this conference are felt. They are seen. No. The danger of walking in only nothing but revelation is that you will form doctrines around your failure and limitation. Someone I really love heard that they released a statement saying this whole thing of Christians dominating the marketplace isn't is is questionable and is flawed and i stopped a bit and i wanted to know what does this person mean and they said if you study the bible you will realize that most people in the bible they did not go from church into marketplace but they went from marketplace into the church and became preachers and i sat and i looked at the statement and i was like there's a problem with the statement there's a problem. Not because of anything, but let's just be real. Are we not tired of producing preachers who have no relevance at work? Your whole department knows that you are a pastor. Your whole department knows that you are a prophet. Your whole department knows that you are an apostle. The only time they hear you saying something of value is when you're gossiping at lunch. But when it's now, when it's now uh, uh, board meetings, you are not adding anything of value. You're not saying anything of substance. You're not contributing positively to the advancement of the company. I've learned one of the keys to promotion. I've been studying heavily on promotion. And I learned that one of the keys to promotion or one of the avenues to promotion is that God will locate your department and give a problem that only you can solve. Only you. If we want everyone in the... I mean, who's the CEO of EPSA? Or Simshabalala, the CEO of Standard Bank. Imagine if the CEO of Standard Bank, apostle, meets apostle, comes here for whatever, meets apostle, Pastor leads him to Christ. He becomes born again. He goes back to Standard Bank. And he says, I resign. I'm going into ministry. Do you not see a lost opportunity? Because through this man, there's an opportunity to possess the entire bank. And not just only that. That bank sits on a board. You could get the CEO of APSA, of NetBank, of Capitec. Why? Because of his influence. All it needs is for us to be relevant in our places and in our spheres of influence. We can't all be preachers. We can't all be pastors. We can't. Truthfully, we can't. We can't. That's just the truth. God has given men the fivefold as a gift to prepare men for the work of ministry. I told the youth that I'm not one in ministry. You are. I'm a gift to prepare you for the work of ministry. Ephesians chapter 4. 
from verse 12 to 16, that you are the one who's in ministry. As you are working as an accountant, you are fulfilling ministry. I was preaching on one of the Youth Fridays, and I was just moving, or was it overnight? I was, I was just moving, and I said, one of you here is going to be a prophetic hairdresser. While you are washing someone's hair, a migraine will go. That's what we're talking about. And someone sent me a message and said, I, that happened actually at work. I was washing someone's hair, and a migraine that they had for two weeks was gone. These are the things we're talking about. Prophetic doctors. Who knows, according to what is happening, this has nothing to do with a medical diagnosis. But because of the spirit, I've picked up that this is witchcraft. And you don't start doing a lot of things. You just tell them about Jesus. You lay hands and that person is free for life. Prophetic accountants. People who go and build. We need these things to happen. Our government is not going to change. All it needs is for us who are there to rise and insert our influence. Stop being shy. Some of us want to build up. You cannot build your career according to the standards of this world. You cannot. You will not win. You will not succeed. That's why God has given you something called wisdom. Proverbs chapter 8. Verse 1, and we'll jump over to 27. Does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice? Verse 27. I was there. I was there when he set the heavens in place. When he marked out the horizons of the face of the deep. When he established the clouds above and fixed securely the fountains of the deep. When he gave the, the sea its boundaries and the waters not overstep his command. And when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was the craftsman at his side. I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing always in his presence, rejoicing in his whole, in his whole world, and delighting in mankind. This is wisdom speaking. Proverbs 8 speaks about wisdom coming into play. And wisdom is describing how he came into being or she came into being. When you study verse, what is it? Verse, verse 29. When you go deep into it and you even study the, the, the commentators, it says before God created the world, God himself put wisdom between him and the world. So between God, look at that, verse 29. It's not me, it's the Bible. When he gave the seeds, boundaries, and the waters would not overstep his command. And when he marked out the foundations of the earth, wisdom was there. Before God created anything, wisdom was already there. So everything was created because wisdom was there. So when God was done creating everything, he then creates man. And after he creates man... He puts man, looks at him, and he breathes on him. One of the things that God breathes into man is wisdom. The ability to function as God functions. To think as God thinks. To create as God creates. To do things as God does things. So when God put the animals in front of Adam, he wasn't just testing him only or just Showing him show flex muscle. No. What Adam was doing, he was now playing or pushing out or displaying the wisdom he received from God. So everything is created, formed, and found in wisdom. That's why Jesus now describes that a wise man is a man who creates or who builds according to what they heard. This is the time for the church to walk in wisdom. We need to walk in wisdom like never before. We need to be seen, heard, more recognized. Why? Because the wisdom of this earth is failing. The wisdom of this world is limited. There's a kind of wisdom, a quality of wisdom that cannot be compared to the wisdom that God gives. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. Sorry, chapter number one. 
Where is the wise man? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in, in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the, through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demanded a miraculous sign. Greeks look out for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those who God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power and the wisdom of God. The wisdom of this world is failing. This is not the time to be looking at what your predecessors did. Because, you see, God at this time, He is shaking the foundations of this earth. He's shaking the foundations of the current system. Babylon is shaking. Babylon is shaking. And they are looking for things to... They're looking for ways to stay relevant, but their time is over. And it would be foolish for us to look to a falling system and try to rise through it. This is the time where we step out. And we take every word that was preached throughout the week and we start implementing it and start imposing it and start walking in it and start manifesting it so that we can see ourselves building things that will, that will be sustained. This world is coming to nothing. This world is failing. The Russian or the BRICS, BRICS uh, whatever you call it, the BRICS, BRICS, that conglomerate, are working on something called de-dollarizing the world. Where the world, for the first time in over 100 years, won't be using the, hundred, uh, the, the dollar as the main uh, trading, trading currency. And this thing has been set in motion. Many countries are no longer trading in the U.S. dollar. But they're trading in other currencies. And when you look at it, this thing has been happening for years. It's been happening for years. The, 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 the Chinese are people who studied how can we do this. And they've been doing it for years. And they've been waiting for a moment. And now's the moment. And that's how they're doing it. How did the Chinese do it? The Chinese have a schooling system where they take a three-year-old and they study everything about this three-year-old. They study the patterns of this child, what this child likes. They spend time studying this child. And when they find that this child is good at science, from grade one, when they hit age five, they start pushing this child towards science-related stuff or computer-related stuff, whatever it is. They start pushing this child towards that. And from grade one, until they go get to matric, all they're doing alongside other subjects, they're studying medicine or science from grade one. And when they get to matric, they now have the level of knowledge of someone who has a PhD from Yale or UNISA or WITS or whichever higher institution you want to talk about. I had a friend who I, him and I did, we did our internship together, first, I can't remember some time ago. He had a degree in, in mechatronics. He said when he was doing his third year, one of his papers or his assignments, I can't remember what they needed to build, but it was in line with robotics. He needed to build whatever he needed to build and they could not find a solution. They did so much searching till they found a solution which was in a grade 5. Grade 5. Grade 5. Assignment paper. So a degree. Someone who did a degree somewhere called UJ. Who was struggling. Found a solution from someone who did their assignment in grade 5. So what China does is that they teach their children to be so advanced and so ahead. So that when they, when they hit grade 12, already they're a master of that industry. So when they get to varsity, they're not learning, they are advancing. So that's why everything is made in China. Because they are, have so advanced their people. 
They specialize in advancing their people. So as they're doing this, they teach their people, they advance their people, they send them out into, the, into, into other countries. Go to uh, America, go to South Africa, go to Europe, go, go. And alongside them building uh, their Chinatowns, they're going into their industry, into their tech industry, and they're learning everything. And as they're learning, they're developing products. They come up with products that will challenge Apple, and they call them Huawei. They ship them back, come up with things called Oppo, ship them back. That's why we have cars like Haval that now Germans are learning from. Now we have cars that are now advanced. What are they doing at this time? They're advancing their country. What are they doing? They're pulling what they're doing and they're advancing their country. It's just happening like that. And then, while they're working in these foreign countries, what they do is that as they get paid in dollars, they take the dollars, they don't spend the dollars, they send them home. So every time some Changli is getting paid, Changli takes his money, his salary, sends it home. As is, as dollars. That was the mandate that they've been given for the past 10, 20, 30 years. They did this for so long that there were now more dollars in China than there was in America. Then came a man called Trump. He realizes, wait, these guys are killing us. Let's stop this. That's why there was so much war with... That's why he came out and he said, no more Huawei in our country. It was because he had a reason. He was realizing that the dollar, America was bleeding of dollars. America was now creating more dollars than they were actually circulating dollars. Where were all the dollars in America, in, in China? As we speak, China has more dollars than America does. That's how they have now the buying power to say, we are de-dollarizing the world because they own the main currency. And they can now step out and say, listen, we want to test something out. We want to test out the yen. We want to influence the whole world. How did they do that? They started by possessing the currency. But they did not just do that. They had to build towards the future. What would happen if we start teaching our children from the ages of three how to walk in the gifts of healing, how to walk in faith, how to walk in prophecy, how to walk in alongside them doing school. At the same time, they're doing this so that when we get into our spheres of influence, we are possessing. We are influential. We don't want to get inside the school and, and now stop being relevant. Your children are being taught that when your child introduces himself at school, he's not a he. He should not give a he. He's got a, pro, a pronoun. He's probably a they and them. And the last time I checked, the last time Christ called anyone a them and they, was, he was calling demons. So I don't know where these pronoun things come from. So now we're looking at people who are calling people things that they are not because they hold the influence. If we hold the influence, how many people will we set free? How many? And not only set free to say, God bless you, you are healed, and then we leave them like that. No, we educate this person. We take them to school. We build universities. We build primary schools. Not so that we can say we have a better school, but so that we can indoctrinate people with kingdom principles, with kingdom values. How many of our children know the value of tithing? Or are we waiting for them to be taught at youth, at, 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 at Sunday school? How many of our kids are taught the value of it? Are we waiting for life to teach them how to pray? Are we waiting for life how to, te to teach them how to fast? Are we waiting for life to teach them how to give? How to prophesy over their destiny? How as a five-year-old, a five-year-old will stand up at 2 a.m. I'm the head, not the tail. I'm above, not below. I'm, I, I'm of another caliber. When are we, we going to do that? Well, we need to understand that we are raising people who will not just fit into the world, but possess the world. In 1 Corinthians chapter number 3, verse 9. 
We are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. By the God, grace God has given me, I'm a firm, I laid a foundation as a master builder, as an expert builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should be careful how he builds. Paul was referring to him when the, there was division. One was saying, I belong to Paul, another Apollos. But Paul says something special here. He calls himself a wise builder because of the quality of foundation he built. That, qual that quality was Christ, was the Word, was nothing else. Not intelligence, not in intellect, not argument, not debate, but there was a foundation that was built. There is, we are in a, in a season where I wouldn't be shocked if a testimony comes up and about 10 millionaires have been raised by June. I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked. Not a prophetic declaration, it's just understanding what's happening in the spiritual realm. And I'm seeing myself that I need to plug in. Because the current is moving. The current is moving. And it could move and I could miss it. I don't want to miss it. I'm being selfish about it. I don't want to miss it. I'm now sitting and I'm listening to every word that was declared. Including the jokes. Including the joke. I'm listening to that joke. I will laugh and I will implement it while laughing. Why? Because that could be the key to, my, to me becoming a wise master builder. A wise kingdom builder. Paul says, we are God's co-workers in service. The grace God has given us was to lay a foundation as a wise builder. And someone else is building on it, but each one should care, should build with care. Build with care. Carefully analyze every word. Carefully. Go back on social media. Go back on, on, your, on, your, on your scripture, on your notes. Go back to every scripture until every Logos word becomes every Rhema word. Don't leave it. Don't stop. Go back to every word. Start from day one. Go back to day six. Rewind it. In the taxi, play it. In the bus, play it. In your sleep, Play it. Let every word enter. The entrance of the word gives light. An understanding to the simple. Let every word, let there be an impartation. There might have been a word you have missed, but you don't know. Maybe a one hallelujah could impart grace into you. To be a kingdom builder. Every prophet, every theme of a, of a conference is not just a word of an event. It is a prophetic declaration. that, And listen, you need to be like Paul telling Timothy that war with the prophetic word that was released. Are you ready? I said earlier on that this was not a conference. This was a contention. And you don't contend until you win. You don't stop until you win. You don't stop. You wrestle with every word diligently, taking heed to every word that was spoken, every word that was released. Tonight's word is not meant to be big and it's just to bring strong emphasis. There's nothing I can say after Apostle Grace spoke on Sunday. What can I say other than go listen to every word. Go, go take every word. Take your, take your notes. In actual fact, go as far as getting a new notebook. Take a new notebook from what was taught, from what was said, and what you even wrote down in service, make new notes. And not just notes of, oh, this is powerful, but as key points of action points of things you're going to make and put into action. Take, go as far as taking every, uh, what is it, uh, uh, um, offering sermon. Go into it. Take it. Go and apply it. Mix it with faith. Make it work for you. Go into the society. Go home. Go into your business. Implement. Implement. You just need to implement everything that was given to you during this conference.
in Exodus 25, I'm not going to open there, verse 40, God tells Moses to build everything according to the pattern that was shown to him on the mountain. And then in chapter 31, when it's now time to build, from verse 1 to 4, God says to Moses, I've called Bezalel, son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I've filled him with the Spirit of God, in wisdom and in ability, in understanding and intelligence, and in knowledge and in all kinds of craftsmanship, to devise skillful works, to work in gold and silver and bronze, and cutting of stones for setting and in carving of wood, to work in all craftsmanship. God gives Moses the plan. But when it's time to build, he calls a man called Basilel. And he says, Basilel will build what you saw, but what will give him the ability to build what you saw is wisdom. Everything that every single man stood here as a Moses releasing, as they received as a download, you will receive wisdom to go and convert every word and start building according to what they were shown. When dad was preaching, the, was, was, was preparing the sermon, uh, 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 um, the, seed, the seed of a kingdom builder, he sat there preparing and God showed him something. Whatever God saw, I did not see it, but I should build according to what he saw. I don't need to say, God, daddy, please describe what you saw. No, God has given me wisdom. I need to download that wisdom and give me the ability to go. I've put my seed in the ground and now it's time to put things into action. It is time for these things to start germinating. It is time for these things to start manifesting. Why? Because I've been given wisdom to build. Exodus 35, 30 to 40, Moses said, See the Lord called by name Bezalel, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. He has filled him. He has filled him with the Spirit of God, with the ability and wisdom and intelligence and understanding with knowledge and all craftsmanship to devise artistic designs to, go, to work in gold, silver, and bronze, in cutting of stones for setting and in carving for, of wood for work in every skilled craft. This is one man given the wisdom to work as a jeweler and as a carpenter. These are two different fields. But because of wisdom that was downloaded based on what Moses saw, he was able to build. Let every single thing that God used Apostle Felix to preach to the leading of this conference, let it be given to me. Let every single thing that Vusitem Begwaya said, let God give me the grace to go and build it and let it manifest. Let everything Apostle Grace Lubega said, let me get the wisdom to build it and see it into manifestation. Everything Reverend Ike Nwanza spoke, God, give me the wisdom to build it. Every single thing Reverend Chris Matewila said, Lord, give me the wisdom, let me build it. You are not called to just exist. You are called to build something that will last your living. As I close, Genesis 41, 39 to 40, and Daniel chapter 5, verse 9. This is where I have a problem with the man saying that we don't need people to be taken, we don't need people to be uh, uh, influential in the marketplace. That's where I had a problem. My problem started because I started thinking of two people, Joseph and Daniel. Look at Joseph. Pharaoh said to Joseph, and as much as God has shown you all this, there's no one as discerning and wise as you are. You shall be over my house, and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. This man received promotion because of wisdom, because he was wise, because he had the Spirit of God at work in him. This man went from the prison to the palace and even on the throne. Why? Because of wisdom. Such kind of wisdom we will want to make, put, put someone on a pulpit, 
it's okay. Listen, I'm, I don't have any. It's not that. I, I, it's not, when I say we, we can't all be preachers, it's not because I'm trying to eliminate competition. No. No. <laughs> it's not because Pastor Gage wants to be the only one who preaches. No. It's not what I'm saying. But the truth is, there are mountains of societies that we need to take hold of. And we can't take hold of those mountains when we're all fighting to stand here. We can't. God can give you grace for both. But where you are, your work of, or your vocation, your place of work is your pulpit. Preach. Preach. That's what Joseph did. He didn't get there and start saying anything else. He got there and he started displaying wisdom. And then he was promoted. They said no one is as discerning and as wise as you are. Because of wisdom, he was elevated. Another one was Daniel. That's why we're talking about the true prophetic. When people are walking in the true prophetic, they're not looking for places to preach. In actual fact, people will chase them so that they can release and decree a word over a region. Daniel 5 verse 9. Then was King Balthasar greatly troubled, and his countenance was changed in him. His lords were astonished. The queen, by reason of the words of the king and the lords, came into the banquet, into the banquet house. The queen spake and said, O king, live forever. Let not thy thoughts trouble thee, nor let thy countenance be changed. There is a man in thy kingdom. In whom is the spirit of the holy gods. And in the days of thy father, light, understanding, and wisdom. Like the wisdom of the gods was found in him. Whom the king Nebuchadnezzar, thy father, the king, I say they, thy father, made master of the magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, soothsayers. For as much as an excellent spirit and knowledge and understanding, interpreting of dreams and showing of hard sayings and dissolving of doubts were found in the same Daniel, whom the king named Belteshazzar. Now let king let Daniel be called and let him show the interpretation. A man who walked in wisdom was recommended by the queen. See what wisdom can do. Wisdom is like a CV. It gives you a track record that no one needs to question. Because of his track records that has gone past two generations, he's now called and said, don't be troubled. I see your countenance is sad. Don't be heartbroken. There's a man. Call him and he'll tell you everything you need to know. Why? Because Daniel was a man of wisdom. His wisdom, his gift of wisdom, his prophetic call elevated him and put him in a place where he could now have influence. Now the Bible says Daniel was now the head and above all the Chaldeans, the soothsayers, the astrologers and the magicians, he was now the chief of what was called the wise men. And the wise men in the Hebrew is the Magi. The Magi are the people in Matthew 2 who saw the star of Jesus and sought after Jesus. This was one man who knew the ways of God, implemented them over people and his teachings outlived generations. The people who were not Christians or Jews were the ones who were showing the world the way to Jesus. This is what we're talking about, about being a kingdom builder. Let it be known that there are accountants who will raise people who will now, after you, sons of Sangomas, of atheists, of all kinds of people will be raised and will follow Jesus because of your teachings. You are so excellent in your work that when they look for someone to solve the problem, I always say to the young people, when it's time to, to work, work. Don't be like other Christians who say, I was late for work because I spent two hours overtime in prayer. Those times may happen. But if you want to spend enough time with God, wake up early. Wake up at four. Wake up at three. Don't wake up at seven. Work starts at nine and you... Wake up at 7 and you say, I want to push two hours and then you late for, you'll get fired. You'll get fired. It, that's one thing we don't, we, we don't emphasize on. We need to sharpen our work ethic. Implement solutions because of a strong prayer life. But don't let your prayer life conflict. When it's time to work, 
work. Only when it's lunchtime, then you'll go to your Bible. Or if you have the privilege to put in your audio Bible and you sit behind your computer and work. But other than that, work. Engage your colleagues. Speak with them. We are not that generation that's just pray hard and everything will do. We pray hard and we work hard. Two, one. I taught them that if you work hard and you don't pray hard, your peers will be ahead of you. If you, work, if you pray hard and you don't work hard, your peers will be above you. So just do one thing. Pray hard and work hard and you'll be above all and ahead of all. Why? Because in the place of prayer, it is where you get downloads. You get downloads. The word prayer, as we stand to our feet because we're about to pray for just two minutes and... The word prayer comes from the Greek word prosuchomai. We did a 15-part teaching for 15 weeks with the youth on the prayer life of Jesus. I kept on hammering it. Prosuchomai is the word, comes from the Greek is the Greek word for prayer. Pros means towards. Uchomai, it means an exchange or a transfer. So prayer is a platform of exchange. It is a platform of exchange between two people facing one another. So in prayer, your weakness is left behind for God's strength. So this is why we pray. And don't just pray because I say, to just say, I pushed five hours. What did you get after pushing five hours? Did you download the mind of God? What was given to you? What did you get? And God has not just given you so that you can say, I got this. But God has given you so that you can go out and implement. Ezekiel 5, 44 verse 5 and John 1 verse 1. Just going to pray one quick prayer point and we're out. Ezekiel 44, verse 5. Quickly. And we're going to jump over to 1 John 1, verse 1. Please prepare that. And the Lord said unto me, Son of man, mark well, behold thine eyes, and hear with thine eyes all that I say unto thee concerning all the ordinances of the Lord and the laws thereof. And mark well the entering of the house with every going forth of the sanctuary. God says to Ezekiel, mark well, behold with your eyes and hear with your ears what I've said to you concerning Exile 2023. Not just saying do these, but it is for a specific purpose. 1 John 1, verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have, number one, have heard. Number two, have seen with our eyes. Number three, which we have looked upon. Number four, our hands have handled concerning the word of life. We're going to pray for conversion power. It is not enough to just hear. It is not just enough to see. It is not just enough to look into, but your hands must touch. If you see verse 2, John says, we now make known to you. Paul, I mean John, says the things we heard, we saw, we looked into and have touched, we now make known to you. How will you make known the kingdom if you have never touched it? Is anyone, can, can, is anyone following? We are going to pray for conversion power. The grace and the power to convert every single thing we heard from this conference. I trust and I know every speaker that stood here is like a Samuel. Their words will not touch their ground. You may have received it, but you need to release it. There needs to be revelation. So where you are, just say, Lord, give me power. Give me power. Give me conversion power that I can convert every single thing I heard in Excel Conference. I can convert it. I can manifest it. I can, I can release it. Come on, where you are. Where you are. Just pray. Just pray. Lord, give me conversion power. Give me power to convert. 
that it will not just be words that blew my mind, words that tickled my spirit, but Father God, words that equipped me, words that empowered me, words that have charged me, words that have appointed me, words that will bring me elevation, words that will trigger wisdom, words, come on where you are, pray, 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 conversion power, translation power, the power to translate spiritual truths into living realities. Come on church, come on church. Conversion power. Give us power to convert every truth, every word that was released from this altar. We were not here for just motivation. We were not just here for inspiration. But we were here for empowerment. Lord, let every word that was released release grace. Release grace. Release grace. Release grace. Release grace. Release grace. Come on, church. Are you praying? Are you praying? Are you praying? Are you praying? Conversion power. Rakadabalakada. Rakadoko kika balada, jata brata kito, jata brata da, jata da brata da da, lodo brantes kete veletosh, jabrana le kute beletaga, jata brante kite beleta. Let your word, O oh God, your imperishable word, begin to germinate in our hearts, begin to germinate in our lives. Give us conversion power. The power to implement the grace of God to bring into manifestation every spiritual decree, every spiritual truth that was released to become a living reality. Come on, one more minute. One more minute. Lord, may we not only be left with stories, but Lord, let every single thing we heard translate us and bring us into glory. Thirty more seconds, church. As you are praying, power is being given. Strength is being released. God is doing something on the inside of you. Lord, give us conversion power. Conversion power. Conversion power. The power to convert every word into your work. In Jesus' mighty name. Agada baladi egede. Lakadaki zozo. Shete blete gita baladai. In Jesus' name, with your right hand on your head, Father, we pray and declare 
that Father, as we've received these words from this ownership conference, this Excel conference, we declare, we receive power, we receive grace, we receive anointing to convert every word that was released from this altar and bring it into reality. We declare that every word will be living by the end of this year. That Father, at the end of May, we will have testimonies of words that have become flesh because of this conference. We declare conversion power, translation power is at work in our lives. That the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, working in my life, I receive power to bring into manifestation every revelation from Excel Conference. Holy Ghost, empower me, empower me, empower me, empower me, empower me. In Jesus' mighty name, where you are, just for 10 seconds, just thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Every word from this conference will not pass you by. Every word from this conference will come into manifestation. The weakest, the lowest you have been was the lowest you will ever be. But from this day onward, you will be greater because God has given you conversion power. Come on, everyone. Put your hands together for Jesus. Put your hands together for Jesus. Put your hands together for Jesus.